Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Acts. Happy Thursday, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm so excited that you're here to share a cup of coffee with me. So we are in Acts chapter 8 today. We're in a new chapter of Acts. And where we left off last time, Stephen had just been martyred. So he died. And now we're going to learn about this young man named Saul. So we're going to learn about Saul, but we're also going to learn about what the church did after Stephen's death. And today I would also like to talk about God's will, whether or not we have free will or whether or not we do not. So that's going to be an interesting I think, topic today. So let's read Acts chapter 8, 1 through 8 today. This is only a few verses, but I'll be reading out the W.E.B. Feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer. Saul was consenting to his or Stephen's death. A great persecution arose against the assembly, which was in Jerusalem in that day. They were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and lamented greatly over him. But Saul ravaged the assembly, entering into every house and dragged both men and women off to prison. Therefore, those who were scattered abroad went around preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. The multitudes listened with one accord to the things that were spoken by Philip when they heard and saw the signs which he did. For unclean spirits came out of many of those who had them. They came out crying with a loud voice. Many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. There was great joy in that city. So there's one thing that I should note here, and I do think that this was one more crack that was forming in the early church, now that I'm thinking about it. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that there were some cracks that were forming in the early church. The first one being that there was some dissent among the members of the church regarding the widow ministry. The second being that there might have been some arrogance happening, might have been some arrogance happening with the apostles because the people greatly praised them and honestly, practically worshipped their shadows. And I think the third crack was the apostles not wanting to serve the widow ministry. So I talked about all of that, but I think there's one more problem that we see with the early church. Notice how they are still in Jerusalem. When the great commission that Jesus gave the apostles before he went up into heaven was to preach the gospel to every creature, basically to spread out. And that's actually really consistent with what God has said all throughout scripture, is that he always has wanted people to spread out, not to stay in one place, but he wants his people to actually fill the earth and to scatter and to spread out. And so that's why way back in the Old Testament, the Tower of Babel, was such a problem was because the people were disobeying God by remaining in one place. And so God ended up confusing all their languages. That's how we get all the languages we have today. And uh, the people scattered throughout the entire earth after that. Now, of course, God is going to be consistent because he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so, of course, Jesus is going to tell the apostles to go out into all the world and to spread the gospel to every creature. I don't know how long the early church was around by this point in time, but you can see they're still in Jerusalem. But now after the death of Stephen, they're kind of forced to go out into the world and to spread the gospel. 
So this kind of brings me to a question I think some people ask. Was Stephen's death God's will? I'll answer that in just a moment. Let's talk about verse one first. It says Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. And that very day, a great persecution arose against the assembly, which was in Jerusalem in that day. So after Stephen died, this kind of gave the Pharisees some more boldness to go after the rest of the church. And of course, we know that Saul was part of this. Saul, who was going to become Paul, he was part of the persecution of the early church. Some people actually think that that uh, Saul was part of the Sanhedrin. Now, I don't know if that's the case or not, because we do know that Saul at this point in time was was very young man. And I do think that there was an age requirement to be part of the Sanhedrin. And also, I think that you had to be married, which we know that Paul was not married unless his wife had died like way early on or if his wife had left him. In my personal opinion, though, I do not think that Paul was married or Saul was married because he doesn't. There's like no mention of it. Like, I, I kind of feel like that would have come up <laughs> at some point in time in his letters, but he doesn't mention that at all. Rather, he tells people, I wish that you all were like me, unmarried. And so uh, personally, I think Saul or Paul was never married. And in order to be part of the Sanhedrin, you had to be a married man from my understanding of that. I might be wrong, but I think you had to be a certain age and you also were supposed to be married. But either way, you can see that Saul has a good standing with the Pharisees with whatever role that he had. And he used that role that he had to go and torment and persecute the early church. It actually says that Saul in verse three ravaged the church assembly. He entered into every house and he dragged out both men and women and sent them off to prison. So this means that Saul didn't even care about women didn't care about the family structure at all. He was so against Christianity and the principles of Christianity that he literally dragged men and women out and sent them to prison, not caring about what happened to them, not caring about what happened to their children or their spouses, anything. He he did not care. So that kind of shows the, the level of cruelty that Saul had towards the early church, not to mention that it says that he was consenting to all of this. And if you go back to the Greek word, it actually means <clears throat> more like elated. Like he was very happy to go and do this and was excited. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm losing my voice like I always do. <laughs> Every single time a member of the church was thrown into prison, Saul was actually very happy about it. And we know from other scriptural passages that Saul even uh, encouraged them to have the death penalty and may have put some other early Christians that we don't know about to death along with Stephen, who we see right here in verse one, Saul was consenting to Stephen's death. In other words, Saul was elated that Stephen had died. So I, I think it's important to note how cruel Saul was in his early days, because that shows how gracious God really is in selecting Saul, as we're going to find out that happens uh, later on. So after Stephen's death, the church was scattered. It was they were scattered all over the regions of Judea and Samaria. And this one man, Philip, goes down to the city of Samaria and begins to preach there. Now, Philip, we know that there was a Philip who is part of the original 12 disciples. But this Philip was most likely the Philip that uh, worked with Stephen. 
We know that there is a handful of elders or deacons that were chosen to head up the widow ministry. And Philip was actually one of them. So most likely this was that Philip, a Philip that worked side by side with Stephen in the widow ministry. And Philip had a very similar gift to Stephen that he was able to perform these miracles, even though he wasn't part of the original 12 disciples. Philip had this gift. And so he goes to the city of Samaria. And so here's what's so interesting about that. Jewish people hated the Samaritans, and that's because the Samaritans, uh, the Jewish people considered them to be half breeds because the Samaritans were Jewish people that had pagan um, ancestors. And that happened because when Babylon came in and destroyed Israel, basically hundreds of years before the book of Acts was even written, the few people that were left in Israel at that time, who were like the, the lowest class citizens, ended up intermarrying with the other cultures that began coming into Israel. And so that's who the Samaritans were. So the Jewish people hated the Samaritans because of that fact. They considered them half breeds, half Jewish people that compromised on God's word, basically. But look at Philip. You know, he was a Jewish man that until just recently was living in Jerusalem, and yet he had no problem going over to Samaria and preaching to them about the gospel, not just preaching to them, but also healing them and casting out demons. And, you know, that's what Christianity really is. Christianity is not about race. It's not about nationality. It's not about country of origin. Christianity is about the heart. It's about bringing every single person, because all human beings, regardless of race and nationality, were created in God's image. And God loves every single person that he created. And so Christians are supposed to spread the gospel to every single person that God created. That's the point of Christianity. And Philip figured this out. He got this because it looks like he's one of the few, if not the only one, really, that went to Samaria <laughs> until Peter follows um, a couple paragraphs later. We'll talk about that later. But Philip was the only one who thought to go to Samaria. And I, I find that just kind of interesting and cool that Philip just got it. You know, he, he figured out what God was telling him to do. And so he goes immediately to an area that has not really heard about Jesus too much. Now, of course, Jesus had gone to Samaria before. And so I think Samaria was probably ready, was certainly ready to hear about the gospel again, because Jesus had visited and the Samaritan people loved Jesus and Jesus didn't even perform any miracles in that area that we know of. They just loved Jesus's words. And so many of them at that point in time had already come to believing in Jesus as their Messiah. But now Philip is really watering that seed that Jesus had already planted. So he goes to Samaria and he's preaching and teaching God's word. But notice that it says that not just Philip, but everybody except for the original apostles actually scattered all over. And the word scatter kind of means like when you scatter seeds, when you're like throwing seeds, the people were forced to leave Jerusalem because of this terrible persecution that was taking place in Jerusalem. But this just goes to show that God can really use anything. And even though something terrible was happening in Jerusalem, something good was happening everywhere else. The Christian church was now beginning to spread. So that brings me back to my original question. Was it in God's will for Stephen to be murdered? No, I don't think that at all. 
because God never wills people to sin. Sin is always, always, always outside of God's will. God's will for us is to not sin and to live inside of his design for humanity. And that includes no sin at all. So God doesn't will people to sin. So I don't believe that Stephen's murder was God willing the Pharisees to kill Stephen. And honestly, it makes no sense. I think when people are like, oh, we don't have free will. That makes no sense to me because clearly we do have free will. We've had it since the very beginning in the Garden of Eden when God gave the man the choice between the fruit of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And of course, the man chose the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. But that shows that God gave humanity free will to choose, to choose sin or to choose to live in God's design. And so anything that is outside of God's design is not in God's will. But in this case, I think it's dangerous sometimes to say that we don't have free will because then that puts all the blame on God for every bad thing that ever happens on earth. You have to remember that humans chose sin. God never causes us to sin. It says in scripture that he never tempts us to sin. And thirdly, we forget that Satan is prowling around and that Satan has dominion over the earth right now. In fact, I don't believe that humans have dominion anymore. Even though God originally gave us dominion in the Garden of Eden, I believe that dominion was taken away from us after the flood. And so I think that dominion is given to Satan right now. And Satan is trying to get as many followers as he can possibly get. And Satan uses lies and Satan uses sin to tempt us away from God. So we forget that not every bad thing that happens is God's fault. And I get irritated when everybody's like, oh, you know, God willed that to happen to Stephen. But no, I mean, if you look back in Acts chapter eight, what did Stephen even say at the very end of the chapter? He says, he says to the Pharisees, you stiff necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of your, the prophets didn't your fathers persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one of of whom you have now become betrayers and murderers. So there you go. I mean, Stephen was condemning before Stephen died when he was like in the council talking to the Pharisees. He was condemning the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin and and the Sadducees right then and there for killing the prophets who came before him. He's like, you're doing exactly what your ancestors did. So why would God give Stephen the words to condemn the Pharisees if it was within God's will for the Pharisees to kill Stephen? That would mean that the Pharisees had no fault at all if God like willed them to kill Stephen. So it's circular logic. God does not ever cause somebody to sin and it's never in God's will for a person to sin. And of course, the Pharisees committed a very grave sin by killing Stephen, who was teaching and telling the truth, spreading the gospel of the early church to Jerusalem. And so, no, I do not believe it was within God's will for Stephen to die. But I do think God used it. God used it so that the church would do the Great Commission, so that they would eventually spread out among the nations. It's very easy to stay comfortable and complacent with what you know, which is kind of what I think the early church was doing. They were staying in Jerusalem. They seemed very comfortable there among their Jewish brothers and sisters. 
So they were not super willing to go out and spread the gospel to other Gentile nations, especially when, you know, they, they hated the Samaritans so much and they hated other Gentile regions. It was easy for them to stay in Jerusalem, but that was not what God called the church to do. And unfortunately, uh, the church had to go because of persecution. They could have chosen to go well before the persecution started, but either way, persecution happened. God used it so that the Samaritans would come to salvation in him. And not just the Samaritans, but we're going to see many more people, many more Gentiles come to faith in Jesus because of Stephen and the, and the persecution and martyrdom of Stephen. And so Stephen, he didn't die in vain, even though it kind of looks like it, even though we're like, man, what did Stephen, what was he able to accomplish? God used Stephen and God used Stephen's life and even his death to promote the gospel to more people. So don't think that God can't use you. I was actually talking to a friend a while back and, and she was telling me that she is afraid of death because she thinks that her life is going to be meaningless as it is right now. Like if she dies tomorrow, what will she have accomplished? But I told her, I said, that's not true though. Like you've impacted so many people. And I told her that, and she's a very godly best friend. And I've told her, I said, you know, you've impacted me in so many ways. You've impacted so many people. So don't think that if you were to die tomorrow, that your life is meaningless and that God can't use it. God can certainly use anything that you do to impact and to help other people, just as he used Stephen's life and martyrdom. All right, faithful listener, I was trying to be encouraging in this episode. I don't know how encouraging martyrdom is, but <laughs> but it's nice to know that we have a purpose, you know, regardless of, of what we think. And that's kind of what I was trying to convey is that even if you feel like you don't have a purpose, if you're a Christian, you do have a purpose and God can use you. And it's just nice to know that we have a purpose and uh, our life and death is not in vain, basically. But faithful listeners, I have a very special surprise for you guys. I will be doing a Saturday podcast episode for you guys to commemorate half a million downloads on the Bible Explained podcast. And that's all thanks to you guys. And I already have the special half million download video up on YouTube. But I took the audio from that video and I'm going to put it into a podcast format. So for those of you who don't want to go over to YouTube, who don't want to have the video playing in the background and just want to listen to the audio, then that will be up on Saturday. And that is to commemorate half a million downloads. And what I'm doing on Saturday's podcast episode is I am revealing to you the CD that my sister and I made <laughs> And we're also going to be talking about our IFB, which is Independent Fundamental Baptist upbringing, some of the beliefs that the IFB church believes in, specifically regarding music and the King James Version translation. So we're going to go into that and we're also going to play you a song off of that CD. And it's going to be great. <laughs> So I really hope you tune in on Saturday to catch the podcast episode. But if you can't wait until Saturday and you want to watch the video, go over to YouTube because it's already up on YouTube and uh, it's basically going to be the same exact thing on Saturday. But faithful listeners, I will see you guys all tomorrow for an episode out of Judges. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening 
and God bless. Thank you.